Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most handiest podcast network. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello fighters. Dylan Bain here. Welcome to News Fighters for today, February the 10th. 2021. Joining me later in the episode to talk through the news of the week is ex-Tonightly writer and Raw comedy winner, Beck Melrose. Man, I miss the days where you couldn't just yeah, nah, science. Like, do you remember encyclopedias? You couldn't just go, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I think I got a better idea. But first, let's catch up on some wacky headlines from the past week. Pharmacies will be able to administer the COVID vaccine under a new plan being developed by the federal government. 5,800 pharmacies across the country will be given the option to administer the jab, starting with people over the age of 50 from May. Yes, finally from May, you should be able to pop down to your local chemist warehouse for a 200-pack of paracetamol, a bottle of the Shane Warne fragrance... And a COVID vaccine. Unfortunately, the COVID vaccine will be right on the top of their very tallest shelf. So, sorry, Grandpa, if you can't reach it, no vaccine for you. And this pharmacist on the news seemed very excited to be injecting people. Nearly every pharmacy will want to be involved in this because we love our patients. Thanks, mate. I'll just grab the jab and go if that's all right. I don't want to hang around any longer than I have to. Um, He also seemed to think that demand for the vaccine will be huge. If it was anything like um, 2020 flu vaccine, it's going to go crazy. Oh, wasn't it huge? I mean, I've still got my uh, 2020 flu vaccine tour poster on my wall. Oh, great memories. And it turns out the government has an ambitious timeline for rolling out the COVID vaccine. We aim to have the country vaccinated before the end of October. October, yes, perfect. Just in time for winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Federal Parliament was back this week and Scott Morrison was trying to neutralise the opposition on climate by almost setting a target. Our goal is to reach net zero emissions as soon as possible 
and preferably by 2050. Yes, thanks, ScoMo. That's exactly the same kind of language I used with my parents in high school when I didn't want to mow the lawn. Yes, mum, my goal is to uh, mow the entire lawn as soon as possible, preferably by the end of the weekend. National Senator and Giant Tomato Barnaby Joyce isn't in love with these vague intentions. The one thing I can... uh assure you that none of us are going to be in this building in 2050. Uh, Many of us will be dead. In 2050, we're not going to be here. I I won't be voting on it. And you won't be commentating on it. And there'll be people we've never met before in our lives who'll be in this building. You know, for a guy who keeps uh, popping out kids, he doesn't doesn't really seem to care much about their future, does he? Yeah, 2050, we'll all be dead. But what about your kids, Barnaby? Oh, crap, I left them at the pub. We're at a pub. No, the other pub. And in sports news... What a surprise. Racism. An independent report has found the Collingwood Football Club is guilty of distinct and egregious racism, concluding it's a systemic problem within the organisation. But the president of the club says he will not be stepping down earlier than planned. Instead, Eddie Maguire has called this a historic and proud day for the club. This is an historic and proud day for the Collingwood Football Club. So I am extremely proud. Proud, Eddie? There's nothing to be proud about with racism. You don't you don't come out to your friends as an out loud and proud racist. This is Australia. It's just expected that you're a racist. After copying a lot of criticism for the comments, Eddie Maguire apologised. But then there was more bad news. Channel 9 says he won't be stood down from hosting its game show. Yes, it turns out racism in the AFL is a bit like millionaire on our TV screens. If you've done it more than 2,000 times over the last 20 years, what makes anyone think that you'd stop doing it now? Okay, now I'm not sure if you've been paying any attention to the news lately, but there's been this thing called the coronavirus. It's been a very big deal. And this week marks a year since it got its official name. The deadly strain that's now responsible for more than 1,100 deaths, mainly in China, has been given an official name. COVID-19. 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 The name is a contraction of coronavirus disease 2019. Yes, hard to believe that before that we just referred to it as SARS-2 electric booger flu. Okay, so to... Well, okay, celebrate's the wrong word. To, to mark the occasion of the first anniversary of COVID-19, I thought it might be a good time on this episode to look back on a year of predictions about the pandemic uh, and see what the media, health officials and politicians got right and what they got wrong. Anyways, let's start by going all the way back to the very beginning. Over my summer holidays, I went through my vast news recordings collection, and I think I managed to find the very first mention of the coronavirus on Australian TV. Now, this clip is from the ABC News Channel. It was during the day on January 10th, 2020. Now, as we watch it, let's uh, see what they got right and what they got wrong as we play along with my new favourite game, Pandemic Predictions. The World Health Organization says a mysterious new virus detected in the Chinese city of Wuhan is likely to be from the same family that produced the deadly SARS and MERS outbreaks. The virus has been identified as a coronavirus in some of the affected cases. There's still a lot of work being done to try to work out exactly what this coronavirus strain is. It doesn't appear at this stage to have had 
any of the um, concerns about there being any person-to-person -person transmission of this virus and there also doesn't appear to be any mortality linked to any of the cases that have been affected by the virus. Oh, so close. Yes, the ABC they're receiving negative one point with its January the 10th coronavirus predictions. Now, the very next mention I could find was from SBS World News two nights later on January the 12th. Let's see how they went. Perhaps the single most reassuring fact about this outbreak is that there is no evidence yet that the new virus has spread from one person to another, say Chinese officials. But just how fast is the new virus spreading? So far, not very, say Chinese officials. While there have been over 40 cases in December, medics haven't seen cases rise since. Oh, yes, SBS World News receiving negative three points there. Oh, how little did they know? Now, uh, believe it or not, the very next mention I could find uh, on Australian TV was until a week later on the breakfast TV show Sunrise, of all places. Now, have a look and uh, tell me if you think they placed the coronavirus story in the right position in the news lineup here. Have a look. There are fears a deadly illness could soon hit Bali after a second case was reported in Thailand. The mysterious SARS-linked virus has already claimed two lives in China following a breakout in Wuhan. Indonesian authorities are now screening all visitors who enter the country. A remarkable video of a toddler riding a hoverboard has sparked fierce debate online. Oh, yes, I would have loved to have been at the Sunrise Rundown meeting that morning. Uh, so do you think we should put the kid riding the hoverboard before or after the deadly mystery illness? What, what do you guys think? Yeah, end on the hoverboard story? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes, the Sunrise hosts did show some concern, at least, for their holiday plans. Fairly frightening turn of events there, but something we'll be keeping across. I know, just terrifying. another thing for you and I to be paranoid about. Mm. <laughs> Health wise. Not lie, I've scrapped barley off my to-do list this Add it year. Add to the paranoia list. <laughs> Why do the Sunrise hosts have a paranoia list? Why are they paranoid all the time? Are they just sitting around smoking bongs with Koshi and getting paranoid? Did you see the kid on the hoverboard? Crazy, man. It wasn't long before daily government press conferences made TV celebrities out of our public health officials. They became as big as MasterChef hosts, but with better hygiene practices and less wage scandals. Uh, now, here's one of the first times we saw uh, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Brendan Murphy on our screens. Uh, this is on January the 28th. Now, join us and play along as we play Predict the Pandemic with him. The main message that we're trying to give still to the Australian public is that, that there is no cause for concern in the Australian public. There is no human-to-human -human transmission of this virus. And it's important to note, because we've had some media about masks today, there is no need for the Australian public to wear masks. The medical advice and the World Health Organisation advice is that, that complete travel bans are not an effective additional measure. All of the previous experience with these coronaviruses is that People are only infectious when they're symptomatic. Oh, jeez. Chief Medical Officer Brendan Murphy there on January the 28th, 2020, getting minus five on Predict the Pandemic. And oh, just imagine if, like, say, the Chief of the Army was that wrong on the eve of a, a major battle. Oh, guys, there's, there's no risk of the enemy's bullets killing us. There's no need to wear that bulletproof armour. The guns don't even shoot real bullets. Look, it's very weird to look back on how little we knew at the time and, and how naive we were. 
uh, and indeed how overly confident we were in our own self-containment measures. Here's uh, Dr. Brendan Murphy again uh, on April 24, basically bragging about our hotel quarantine system. Because we are now quarantining formally uh, every return traveller, the opportunity for a return traveller to infect locals is essentially zero. Okay, now let's check in two months later with Victoria and see how that hotel quarantine system went. At least 50 cases can be traced back to the quarantine hotels where security staff broke the rules. Of course, we all sadly remember how Victoria's second wave spiralled out of control from there. A week later on July 6th, Victoria had 127 cases. Uh, Across the border in New South Wales, they had only 10. And luckily, that's when the interstate borders went up. Good evening. First tonight, we are about to take an extraordinary new step in the battle to stop Victoria's second wave of COVID-19 from hitting New South Wales. From midnight tonight, the border between the two states will close. Victorians are now effectively living on an island, cut off from every state and territory in the country. Yeah, I mean, Wodonga really wasn't worth visiting before you needed a permit. Now it was really not on my list. And then, less than a month later, on the 2nd of August, the daily numbers in Victoria had sadly increased fivefold. The state reported 671 new cases overnight. New South Wales recorded another 12 infections. Of course, it seems obvious with hindsight that uh, the closing of the borders is really what stopped the second wave escaping uh, out of Victoria. And luckily, the other states were not subjected to the hundreds of deaths or the 111-day lockdown that Victoria had to endure. And so a month later, on September the 3rd, a day in which Victoria recorded 113 new cases, what did Scott Morrison call for? That's right, the borders to reopen. Australia was not meant to be closed. Australia was meant to be open, Mr Speaker. Australia must become whole again, Mr Speaker. Jeez, it's good we didn't listen to that guy. Look, obviously, advice was going to change throughout the course of the pandemic. Like in April, when Scott Morrison told us not to wear masks. On the wearing of masks, the uh, medical expert panel, uh, we accepted their advice that it is not recommended by the expert panel uh, that they are necessary to be, to be worn. And importantly, it's t- important to note that the wearing of such a mask uh, does not protect you from infection. But if you are uh, displaying uh, respiratory symptoms, then it is... Uh, at, at, at best, a measure that prevents you transferring it to others. Jeez, it's good we didn't listen to that guy. That advice was a bit like saying men don't have to wear condoms because there's no chance they'll get pregnant. On the same day he said that, April the 24th, which was when we were still emerging from the first wave, Scott Morrison also decided this was a good time to call for aged care to open up. Aged care homes have been given an ultimatum to relax strict rules against family visitors or be forced to. The PM issuing this warning. We are not going to have these as secret places uh, where people can't access them. They must. And we want to make sure that these facilities are open to their loved ones to to be able to go and visit and to continue to go and engage with them. Jeez, it's good we didn't listen to that guy. Because you know what was on the news the exact same day? A 96-year-old woman has died at the New March House in Western Sydney, the fifth death at the aged care home. Yeah, that's right. Scott Morrison was calling for aged care homes to be opened up at the exact same time as the New March House outbreak was well on its way to becoming 
probably the most deadly outbreak in New South Wales, with 19 residents losing their lives, almost a third of New South Wales COVID deaths to date. And it didn't stop there. At the same press conference on April the 24th, Scott Morrison insisted that schools were safe to reopen without social distancing. Which is ironic, because I thought the Liberals hated safe schools. In other news, the Prime Minister insists social distancing rules don't apply in school classrooms. He hit out, all but telling those who want social distancing in classrooms to back off. The four square metre rule and the 1.5 metre distancing between students during classroom activities is not appropriate and not required. I can't be more clear than that. Oh, hey, and speaking of bad advice, remember when Scott Morrison told us the best way to stop the pandemic was to download an app to our phones? The federal government has launched its contact tracing app, which it insists is crucial to control the spread of the disease. Download the app. That is Australia's ticket. Download the COVID Safe app. Download the app today. Download the COVID Safe app. Downloading the app. Download it. Okay, how did that go? Labor says the app is a failure after it picked up just 17 contacts. $17 million has been spent tracing just 17 people, not found by contact tracing teams. That's such bad value for money, even the people behind Quibi were like, nah, that's too expensive. Even our Reno 911 reboot got like 19 people watching. Only on Quibi. Yeah, and geez, it's good we didn't listen to Scott Morrison on lockdowns either. We can't expect there to be no cases. That's not success. Because what success is, is that we live alongside the virus, we deal with the challenges that come along, we keep opening up the economy. But as long as we are closed, we cannot, we cannot claim success as a country. If we are shut, we are not living alongside the virus. The virus is actually keeping us from living. That demonstrates, I think, in New South Wales how effectively states can respond uh, to this. And the best protection against the virus, to live with the virus, to live alongside the virus, and to open up your economy. Uh, you don't protect your economy by continually shutting things down. Since then, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth and Sydney's northern beaches all endured uh, some short, sharp lockdowns by their premiers to uh, stop the virus spreading. And it worked which predictably meant that the PM stated last week that of course he's always been in favour of these lockdowns. Right from the outset of this pandemic, it had always been my view that localised lockdowns were a good way to suppress the virus and it spread through metropolitan areas. Look, of course, a lot of things have changed over the past year as new information and strategies have come to hand, including our entire overall strategy. When the pandemic first hit in March and April, we adopted a strict suppression strategy, basically trying to flatten the curve to make sure there was enough capacity with hospitals and ICU beds. Eliminating the virus is not considered an option. The task instead managing the infection so that those who need intensive care can get it. But then in July, after the Melbourne outbreak, uh, it subtly changed. A meeting of National Cabinet reaffirming Australia's suppression strategy with the ultimate aim of no community transmission. The National Cabinet's position has always been um, an, an aggressive su suppression strategy and that, that remains our view and it's certainly the view of my government. 
The goal of that is obviously and has always been no community transmission. Now, how this is different from New Zealand's elimination strategy, I'm not sure. But we didn't want it to sound like we were copying New Zealand because God knows we already have enough fights about the ownership of Crowded House Pavlova and Flat Whites. Elimination doesn't mean zero cases. It means zero tolerance for cases. It means when a case emerges, and it will, we test, we contact trace, we isolate, and we do that every single time with the ambition that when we see COVID, we eliminate it. And look, in my opinion, I'm not a scientist or immunologist, I'm just a hobo with a podcast, but this change of strategy from suppression to basically elimination with a slightly different name has really served Australia well. I mean, look at Canada. They're still going under a suppression strategy, for instance, but they've allowed thousands of cases per day. And it's resulted in over 20,000 deaths, over 20 times um, the number in Australia, despite them having a very similar population size. And on top of that, the big cities have had to endure painfully long second lockdowns and curfews resulting in the, the closure of lots of small businesses. It's the absolute worst of all worlds. It's like if Justin Bieber and Celine Dion and Nickelback were all touring together. It's the absolute worst thing you can think of. Look, there's no doubt that Australia's response to COVID-19 over the past year is absolutely world-beating and something that we should all be proud of. What success is, is that we live alongside the virus. Not you. Look, Scott Morrison is going to try and spin it as if it's all his doing and take credit for it heading into the next federal election. But ultimately... I think it was more a result of our state premiers taking action and competing against each other for who would have the lowest case numbers in the safest state and then sledging each other all at the same time. Interstate rivalries intensify as the relationship between the New South Wales and Queensland premiers hits a new low. We'll just let New South Wales be New South Wales. She is now the victim of a policy that she put in place herself. Uh, I just urge... The New South Wales government and people in New South Wales are to look outside of New South Wales at what other states and territories are doing in order to crush and kill the virus. It was kind of like rugby league state of origin, except with all the states competing, a few less concussions, but as usual, ignored by the entire world's media. So in conclusion, geez, it's good the state premiers didn't listen to this guy. You don't protect your economy by continually shutting things down. Australia was not meant to be closed. Australia was meant to be open. We can't expect there to be no cases. That's not success. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, welcome back to Newsfighters. And joining me now is raw comedy winning comedian and Newsfighters news correspondent, Beck Melrose. How are you going, Beck? Very well, Dill. Thanks for having me back. Great to see you. Um, now, let's talk about the news of the week. Uh, you can't not avoid talking about uh, Craig Kelly if you're looking back uh, on the past week in news and politics in Australia. Yeah, I'd love not to talk about him, but hey, he really dominated the headlines this week, didn't he? I guess he had a bit of a altercation is the word. Yes, I've seen it called a fracas, a stoush. I don't know what you'd call it, but whatever it was, how Tanya talked about it, man, I don't know how she stayed so calm, but it was one of my favourite news quotes of the week. It was great. Let's let's play the clip of, uh, of uh, Tanya was delivering a piece to camera to the journalists, uh, and then uh, and then the subject of conversation turned up. Let's play that clip now. Speak of the devil. Taxpayer-funded Nong. And he will appear. Liberal MP Craig Kelly was spoiling for a fight with Labor's Tanya Plibersek in the halls of Parliament this morning. Tanya's normally the one. As the two clashed over his enthusiastic support for unproven coronavirus treatments and for casting doubts on vaccination. Okay, taxpayer funded Nong is the quote (laughs) of the week from Tanya Plibersek there. Nong is a. It's fighting words, isn't it? (laughs) Look, the dictionary defines. Finds a nong as a foolish or stupid person. So I would argue there are a lot of taxpayer-funded nongs. It's been like he's like a personification of all your uncle's Facebook posts come to life. It's been unbelievable watching him this week. He is, he is. And huge as well. Like I know they said Scott Morrison, you know, took him aside and read the Riot Act to him, but I think part of the Riot Act is like, can I have some of your followers? <laughs> like yeah, right? he's so huge on social media. Imagine getting roused on by ScoMo. I get the impression that he's the kind of parent that behind closed doors would be like, oh, come on, mate, you, you know, pull, pull your socks up. It wouldn't have been a dressing down. <laughs> but it also would have been like, now you should stop doing this thing you're doing that's incredibly popular. Like yeah, it would have yeah. been like nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Little wink. Keep it up because all those Facebook followers, you know, now now it's the conspiracy theories, but come election time, it'll be, you know, election propaganda and memes and election ads and stuff. So, you know, he's just like, build up the build up the Facebook following before the election. Yeah, don't but, do anything to get them to leave your Facebook. They can come in handy. Which brings me to my next point. Should all EMPs be posting uh, conspiracy theories now just to try and boost their followers? Well, it seems to be working for them. Hmm. Why not? What kind of conspiracy theories would you like to see people post? Oh, I reckon the more batshit, the better. It yeah. seems to be that that's that's what's working for him. So I don't know. Pluck something from the air. Moon landing. Why yeah, not? Yeah, fake the moon. Yeah, I just we just want to see you know Albo saying the moon landing is faked. <laughs> yeah, it could help. I'm got to give it a try. I mean, you don't seem to get any punishment for it. Yeah, it only I, builds up your follower base. I noticed Josh Frydenberg is a, is a regular poster of um, conspiracy theories about tax cuts boosting the economy, which. <laughs> 
Which to me is just batshit crazy. Oh, that might as well be a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yes, so ScoMo gave uh, Kelly a dressing down this week and they're worried he might, he might he may lose his Liberals pre-selection, but there might, might not be the end of, this, end of the parliamentary career for, uh, for Craig Kelly. Yeah, the National Party stepped up and uh, kind of slyly offered to say that they'll take him in if uh, things don't work out with the Libs. But uh, I, I just don't think he's enough of a poet, you know. Catter's really leading the way in the poetry. Imagine him being interviewed about Craig Kelly joining the party and everyone's entitled to their conspiracist proclivities. May a thousand hydroxychloroquine doses bloom, but I ain't spending any time on it. It's just not going to be quite the same. I mean, the Nationals are famously uh, anti-climate science, so just bring in all the anti-science yeah, people. Yeah, why not? Man, I miss the days where you couldn't just, yeah, nah, science. Like, do you remember encyclopedias? You couldn't just go, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I think I got a better idea. Yeah, imagine in school. Nah, sorry, miss. Evolution's your uh, your <laughs> theory. But my auntie posted. <laughs> yeah. H2O? I don't think so. That's not. <laughs> Sounds like a chemical to yeah. me. Moving on, uh, the other big story of the week, of course, was uh, the vaccines are coming. Thank God. Um, and uh, Scott Morrison was saying that Australia has uh, secured 10 million more Pfizer doses, which means we now have 150 million doses That's for a, a nation of 26 million people. Do you think this is enough or should we should we double down and get 150 million more? Oh, why not? Like, I'm, I mean, if some people's fridges fail, you want to have some backups, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Will, they, will, they, will they just turn into like Domino's $5 pizzas? You'll just, they'll just, they'll just be, become ubiquitous. I don't know. I, and I know that they're saying there's, there's going to be a COVID baby boom, but I don't think they actually expect the population to triple <laughs> by the end of October when, when we're all going to be vaccinated. I don't know. We've had a lot of time on our hands this year, haven't we? Are you looking forward to getting the vaccine? What are you, what are you going to do when you, uh, when you get your vaccine? <laughs> Probably treat myself to a little ice cream afterwards, I reckon. They've been doing that in Russia. I think that's something I'd be keen to do as well. Oh, to encourage people to get vaccinated, yeah. they've been giving them free ice cream. I'll get myself a paddle pop on the way home. I deserve it. Because you know what everyone loves in the middle of a uh, Arctic Russian winter <laughs> is free right. ice cream. <laughs> what, you know what my theory is? They just had to clear out some freezer space <laughs> with all the vaccines coming in. What do we do with all these ice creams? Here you go. <laughs> that's cool. What, what should Australia do to encourage people to get vaccines? <laughs> I reckon sausage sizzle. It works at Bunnings. Perfect. How that's why. Bunnings? That's the only reason anyone turns up to vote. <laughs> Absolutely right. It works for everything else. You go down to your yeah. So set up. So instead of at the Bunnings out the front of your chemist warehouse, they should have a sausage <laughs> yeah, sizzle absolutely. when you go in for your go in for your vaccine. Get the GPs to really earn their co-payment. You know, flipping the snags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one would want the I got a vaccine band aid thing. They'd just turn up to work with a with a half eaten sausage sizzle. <laughs> And your mates would be like, oh, you got the vaccine today. Did you get onions with it? <laughs> it's the best part. You can't yeah. miss out the onions. You've got to have the onions yeah. with, your, with, your, with your COVID vaccine sausage yeah. sizzle. Bugger the antibodies. I'm all in it for the sausage sizzle. And the Olympics are back in the headlines. Are they happening? Are they not happening? Yeah, the Olympics are back on. They've issued a playbook uh, to try and help out with COVID, which includes uh, rules like no cheering, only clapping, no singing, no hugs, no high fives, but uh, nothing really on preventing the virus from actually spreading. <laughs> yes, they also said no quarantining exactly. and no vaccines required. Yep. So uh, I don't know if no high fives is going to cut it. <laughs> so what are they going to do when someone wins a gold medal? You're just going to stand there and go, <laughs> 
cheer with your mouth closed. Mm. Mm. Can't even sing the national anthem. What True. a shame. Yeah. Can you even mouth the words? How oh, they ever going to be wearing on? masks, won't they? Of course. Will they be wearing masks on the dais as they get their medals? Wait, yeah, you can't even lip sync, can you? No. No kind of RuPaul. That, that, that'll, that'll make covering the lip syncing at the opening ceremony a lot easier, though. <laughs> yes, that's very true. If you're a pop star, you're in luck. <laughs> yes, exactly. How are they going to present the medals? Can't even put a medal on someone's neck. I think maybe, you know, those 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 clasper things oh, yeah. they pick up garbage with in the park. Maybe oh, they hold man. the medal, pass the medal, pass the medals to the, to the winners with that. Imagine training your whole life to but have it, a garbage picker up or up yeah. put on your medal. Or it's Japan. Maybe I saw they have the room service robots in Japan. Maybe they'll have oh, the little yeah. Roomba robot things deliver the gold medals to the, oh, it fell in the pool, damn. <laughs> Yeah, the Roombas, they're not effective. It's just going to be in a corner bashing back and forth on a wall. (laughs) All right, thanks for wrapping up the week there, Beck. Uh, For those of you who want to check out more of our banter, uh, we're doing a special February bonus episode on Sans Pants Plus where we relive uh, the episode Beck hosted of News Fighters a year ago when we Mm -hmm. first talked about coronavirus. Ah, good memories. Oh, yes, we were so naive, weren't we? It's very, it's very, very funny, and uh, the episode is very weird to listen back to today. Yes, so I can attest. we'll be talking about that and playing the episode in full with some outtakes, which people haven't heard before. So make sure you tune in for that. And Beck, where can people catch you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram. Until then, I have no shows to plug. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully, uh, Sydney comedy is going to return to pre-pandemic level soon, which still wasn't very good. So yeah, hopefully, right. <laughs> hopefully we can exceed that and, and get some more gigs. Uh, everything's more crossed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Beck Melrose. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, that's News Fighters for today. It was written, presented, and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. A big thank you to Beck Melrose for stopping by. For our full chat, check out the extended interview and our upcoming monthly bonus episode on Sans Pants Plus. Quick reminder, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Around 150 passengers from the Diamond Princess have been released from a Darwin quarantine centre after spending the past two weeks in the top end. We haven't had toast in over a month. <laughs> We're looking forward to sourdough toast and Vegemite. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.